Welcome to the MacPFD Spark Podcast. This podcast is meant to inspire you to take the next step in your development journey as a faculty member. We're really excited to bring you all sorts of content from inspiring you to teach or supervise differently to leading and managing your team to thinking about new creative ways or humanistic ways to actually do your work and finally to up your game in your scholarly practice. Are you excited yet? I certainly am. So sit back, listen, and enjoy this latest episode of the MacPFD Spark podcast. In this episode, we learn about the Clinical Research Support Unit, or CRSU for short. This interview features Dr. Paul Moyetti, who elaborates on the CRSU and shares his wisdom on overcoming obstacles in your research career. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another edition of the MacPFC Spark podcast. I'm here with Dr. Paul Moyetti, who is a very talented, very established researcher in his own right, but he's coming here today to talk about how he might be able to flip the script and change things so that other people could be just as successful, uh, even if maybe they're not always surrounded by the same infrastructure or success that he's been advantaged with along his journey. Um, And so I'm really excited to have uh, Paul tell us how he uh, got to where he is around this new project called the Clinical Research Support Unit. And uh, Paul, will you say hi to everyone and give us a little bit of context about this project and how it came about and what your role has been? Thanks very much, Teresa. It's a great opportunity to chat to you and thank you very much. So I was appointed assistant dean a few years ago, um, assistant dean of research, and my remit was to uh, support clinical research uh, at McMaster across the city of Hamilton. So I interviewed a, a number of researchers from a variety of disciplines And one of the key needs that existed among some of the uh, research faculty was a need for more support in the clinical research they do, both in terms of staff to actually do the research and also uh, analysis of uh, results and uh, help, uh, methodology help in, in developing the study in the first place once a research idea was uh, thought of. So with that need in mind, uh, we have developed the Clinical Research Support Unit. And uh, what that offers is for uh, researchers who who don't have the support they would like within the university. And I emphasize that because some people are part of great institutes who provide fantastic support. And in that case, the CRSU may not be necessary for that person. But for those who are who don't have that infrastructure, they can come with a research idea and they can be given methodology support to try and make that idea and the, the research to evaluate that idea better, hopefully. Uh, statistical support and things like sample size, etc. And also how the data is going to be collected and how it's going to be analysed often uh, dictates the methodology used to collect the data. In terms of once you have that and have ethics approval to do that study, uh, you can have a research associate to uh, help you 
collect uh, data, enroll patients, etc. That is paid for at least currently. Uh, 50% will be paid for by the university. 50% has to be paid by another means. So uh, you know, your department or some research funds that you have to, to support that as well. Uh, and then the research associate will help recruit patients, for example, for a designated amount of time, be it, you know, 50% full-time, 30%, 70%, whatever the study needs. And then at the end, uh, once you've collected the data, we can give you statistical support to analyze it uh, and also support in, in grant writing and, um, uh, and paper writing. But I would emphasize we're not writing the grant or um, writing the paper for you. This would be some support to help you do that. I love that, the idea of like being there as a helping hand, maybe someone that's been there to walk the path before, but maybe hasn't, you know, got skin in the game, maybe. Um, does that sound about right? Uh, yeah, although I wouldn't say so. Yes, uh, uh, if you're getting support from someone, they probably aren't in your discipline. So they have got that more bird's eye view on the methodology of what you're doing. I hope I wouldn't characterize it as no skin in the game because I think we're all passionate to make research at McMaster uh, better, uh, as best as it can be. And so there is skin in the game in that regard. Uh, but you're right, there's, there's not a sort of desire that we must show that this treatment works in this disease. Yeah, yeah, that, that idea of the dispassionate kind of external lens that you might be able to lend to this perspective. Um, I think that makes sense. Um, it's kind of like similar to, I know some groups have uh, exchanges of manuscripts before they go out for peer review to have someone internally vet their, their manuscript before, you know, um, the editors and the reviewers at the journal have a chance to take a whirl at it. And, and I think it's really important to get some feedback from colleagues that you trust. And I imagine that's a very similar process to this, but just at the beginning of the science rather than at the later stages. Yeah, we hope to provide a service right from the conception of the study to the end. Uh, it's much harder to be presented a paper and say, do the stats on this or, you know, make this a better written paper. Uh, that uh, We don't envisage that sort of service as much as the whole package all the way through. But we hope that for people who don't have a, a large number of colleagues they can send the paper to and a large number of colleagues they can send a protocol to to get the advice they need. Uh, people who are, it's not that they have no support, but less support than would be ideal. Uh, we, we can help there if you want us to. That makes sense. I mean, the, the back end and the support of science is is something that many, many junior researchers wish they had more knowledge about, wish they had more access to. And so it sounds like you're kind of trying to be that uh, fairy godfather, maybe, <laughs> that's making some of the junior researchers who don't have access to some of uh, the immediate access to some of these resources, uh, allowing them to, to, to find them in this more common resource, it sounds like. Yeah, thank, thanks for that description, Teresa. Yeah, fa fairy god person is one description. I, I think um, yeah, we're, we're here to support anyone that needs. And as you say, it's often uh, junior researchers, but also mid-career uh, researchers, uh, you know, done well, but could would like more support. And we're happy to provide it um, if needed. Excellent. 
All right. So, I mean, it, it sounds like this is uh, pretty much a bit of a one-stop shop for people who are interested in engaging in clinical research. Um, and and is this more inclusive of other things like implementation science and knowledge translation work as well? Or do you, are you starting out with kind of like clinical trials and clinical studies, diagnostic studies, things like that? So, yeah, I think as long as this is a clinical study, uh, we, we're not here right now to support basic science. That's not because basic science doesn't need it, but more uh, because of the remit I, I was given in this role. So the, we would accept most study designs, but be aware we may well just be a broker. So if it is an observational study or, or a diagnostic study, we, we may be able to help and that that's that but if it is for example implementation science well that isn't my expertise uh, but we can link you in with the people that can help uh, so uh, we can either be a one-stop shop as you put it or a broker to help you find others who have the expertise uh, to do this the project that you want to do so we can play, play either of those roles, depending on the project. Excellent. Yeah, this sounds like a really um, thoughtful intervention that might be very, very useful for lots of people who are in those beginning stages of science. But it sounds like you're going beyond just the beginning stages, but to give support to those who, who need it when they need it. So um, in, in Harry Potter, they talk about the room of requirement. This is like the research unit of requirement, I guess, <laughs> there for you when you need us and, and to support and, and allow you to, to have the resources that, that you need to be successful. That, that's our hope. And we hope it builds with time. We're starting off uh, uh, lean and mean, as it were, because uh, we're, we're yet to know what the need is, but uh, we will expand to to try and meet the, uh, the need that is out there. And we also hope that as it grows, it becomes a sort of research community from all disciplines. So the hope is that uh, as more and more people use it, we will have sort of quarterly meetings where everyone discusses uh, the research and where they're at, the difficulties they've had, and the group can help each other in hopefully uh, overcoming the barriers that inevitably you have when you, when you do research, but also can identify areas of need in terms of knowledge. So Master does many great courses on research methodology, for example, and various other things as well. So we can point the person to the, the appropriate course, but equally where there, where there is no course at McMaster, and occasionally that will happen, uh, then we can develop that and hopefully give that to, um, uh, to people who are uh, using the service to try and help them in paper writing or grant writing or whatever the, the need is that we can't meet with existing teaching materials. All right. Um, yeah, I think the development part will be really cool. And I, I look forward to maybe partnering with people from the CRSU and, and others who are looking to support the scientists who are doing fine work to develop themselves within both my mandate. And I think Dr. Ruth Chen and Dr. Suraj Mathwani are also very interested in that because of their roles within the Program for Faculty Development. So really ex excited and interested to see how this ecosystem starts to evolve and grow and become a, a supportive community. I think that's amazing. Thank you very much, Teresa. We hope it will be. <laughs> uh, all right. So um, 
Any final thoughts on, you know, that early career? Do you have any wisdom or advice for people who are, you know, hitting those rough patches um, for that scientific work and, and, and how, how you might see yourselves um, being able to help them? Like, what are the kind of things that someone might be encountering, let's say, more scenario-based, that you can imagine someone coming to you and saying, hey, all oh, I need help with X. Like, can you give me a couple of tangible thoughts on what, what are some common phenotypes you anticipate people coming in needing help with um, and just to make it real right because I think we've talked a little more conceptually about this concept but um, I'd love to kind of like you know case-based and all <laughs> problem-based and all what are the what are the scenarios you imagine would be the kinds of things that people would come to you with uh, within the CRSU? Uh, I think what I focused on is the more methodological problems. And of course, they are numerous. How do you run a randomized trial? How do you do a good observational study? What makes a good diagnostic study? And uh, the pitfalls. So those are the more methodological things. But I think the thing you're getting at is the more mentorship aspects of a research career. So I think everyone goes through uh, points where things are not going so well, funding is difficult. Get it. Uh, the, the point about a research career is it's the life of rejection. Uh, most of the papers you write will be rejected once or twice before they're accepted. Most of the grants you write uh, will be just rejected. And so that can get disheartening. And it's, it's so important that you have a good mentor. Now, just to emphasize, CRSU is not going to be the mentorship place, but hopefully we can help in a dispassionate way, as you were saying earlier, uh, in uh, trying to help overcome these barriers and uh, help you find the right resources to understand how you can mentally adjust yourself to that type of life. And I think it's important because it is such a rewarding life. People who do research are very passionate about it uh, because uh, once you get the bug, it, it, you know, you really can have this uh, lifelong passion for the career you've chosen. And hopefully I can, and others who are part of CISU can instill that passion in younger researchers because we all have a point in our life where we're thinking, is this the right way for me to go? Shouldn't, in my case as a gastroenterologist, shouldn't I just scope and earn as much money as possible? And uh, hopefully, and the answer may be yes, of course, but hopefully enough of you, of people that will have enthusiasm for the benefits of a research career to, to avoid that uh, trapping if it's not really for them it's just the easy way out and you know encourage you to go on a, a different path that is if you're the right person for it is uh, is you know extremely rewarding excellent um that really paints a picture of kind of like the both the tangible right like come hear us for methods come to us um to talk a little bit about your study design before you get too thick into it come to us to help you, you know, when you have some of the funding, come to us for the other half to, to, to see if we can kickstart a pilot study or, or, or some other kind of early research that might be able to carve up and then maybe, you know, get you to a track record of success so that you're writing grants and bringing new, new kind of opportunities into the CRSU, um, being able to kind of then become a mentor, become someone that's a, a peer that can support others 
I, I can see that whole ecosystem fleshing out over time with the structure that you're creating here. So that's really exciting. And uh, I thank you for that hard work because this this is a kind of, you know, it's a systems change in in so many ways. And yet it's it's not necessarily anything super new because we have research institutes that do some of this work, but to make it more agnostic and, and separate from those institutes is, I think I think it's a it's outside of the box thinking, and I think it really helps elevate kind of that potential of um, people being able to find the help they need. Well, thank you very much, Teresa. Of course, I agree with you. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me, and I hope that's uh, that's that's what you wanted to kind of like get out there into the world. And um, and if you if you have any final thoughts or final way to pe- get let people know how to get in touch with you, do you, do you have a you know, uh, email address or um, or a uh, website where they could go, or should they just uh, search Clinical Research Support Unit McMaster and Google? What's the best way for them to, to find out more about this? Yeah, so there is a web page. I don't have the URL on my uh, in my memory banks. I do apologize, but it is on the McMaster Research uh, page. Uh, links to it and there there's a form to fill out to apply or just email me uh, which is m-o-a-y-y-e-p at mcmaster.ca and uh, I'm happy to uh, answer your questions or point you in the right direction. Excellent when we put this up online we'll try to link that um, URL to the show notes and and the description of the podcast so that people can find it um, easily so thank you so much for your time. No, thank you, Teresa, for giving me this opportunity. It's great. Thank you for tuning in to the Mac PFD Spark podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Office for Continuing Professional Development and the Program for Faculty Development at McMaster University's Faculty of Health Sciences. For more information on faculty development, be sure to check out our website at macpfd.ca. That's M-A-C pfd.ca. Here you can find other episodes as well as resources for your personal and professional development. A quick shout out to our sound engineer, Ishan Mania Panda, who has been an amazing asset to our team. Another shout out to Scott Holmes, who composed and supplied us with the music you've been listening to. That brings us to the end of this episode. We hope you've enjoyed it and be sure to tune in for our future episodes.